0: You're listening to the Misty Creek Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Misty Creek Community Church, visit our website at mistycreekchurch.org. Today's message is from Senior Pastor Stephen Street. So the angel, Gabriel, would bring news to a teenage girl, Mary, news that she would receive in her womb the breath of heaven, the Son of God, Yeshua. Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And Gabriel would say, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High God. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. The simple, the ordinary, maybe a a strange way to save the world, but that's what God does time and time again. He uses the average, the ordinary person or persons to accomplish His glory. Just as He's done here at Misty Creek Community Church. Just as He's using every one of you and you who are watching online and those outside under the tent. He's using you. He's calling you. And He's placed His favor on you. May I ask you a question? I'm going to come around and just ask you and look at you in the face. You okay with that, right? (laughs) How is it... How does it feel... Think about this, Omid, to have God's favor on you. Think about this for a second. For God to bring into your life a beautiful wife and a beautiful baby girl. Wow. And then to bring you to this holy and sacred place. Think about that for a moment. It's powerful, isn't it? And I want you to think about this. How does it feel, Reagan and Lolly, Chuck, Charlie, Kathy, to know that God has his hand on you, even when things are tough and there's sadness in our lives? William, even when you have a a disease and the doctors tell you you're not going to live past 18 years old and look at you, the vitality, vitality, vitality and the energy that you have It radiates because there's a greater power within you than this in the world. It's the Holy Spirit. And you've realized that a long time ago. This this is just flesh and bone. This is just a body. It's my temporary home, right? Think about that for a moment. How does it feel to know that God has his hand on you and that you're favored? Right, Kim? Don't you know it? I mean, every morning you get up, and you, got, you work several jobs. You work at the Waffle House, and it's the best Waffle House in all of the Atlanta area. It's on Shamley over by Georgetown and Shopping Center. And she makes the best bacon. She cooks, she serves, she cleans, she does it all. She's the best. I'm just going to be biased. She's the best when she's behind the flat top, the grill. She's good at it. She knows what crisp bacon is. Okay? <laughs> she knows how to prepare it. But I'm just saying this to all of you because God has his hand on us. Right, Becky and Lamar? He's got his hand on us. I mean, that blessing, this morning out on those steps, that's the same blessing that I prayed over you at your wedding. Wow. That's the first marriage we've had in this congregation. And then, a few Sundays later, your husband and your dad joined the church. Now, you went to play tennis. We know that. But but still, (laughs) they joined the church. They surprised you. They surprised all of us. And they joined the church. And Melissa and Carl joined that day, too. It was just a glorious thing. And so many more of you have joined this church. And you don't have to join, that's the beauty of it, to be active and engaged in serving and mission, right? And I'm making it very hard on Teresa with the camera this morning, but I just, I think people need to know, I'm going to walk out here and just wave to the people under the tent. I think it'll still pick me up. They're out here. Christina, it's just Christina. The people. Right? Right? When God has his hand and favor on you, that doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect and everything's going to be just right. I mean, think about Mary. Did Mary have it easy? Did she and Joseph have it easy? Not at all. Matter of fact, there was more pressure on them now. And they were going to be criticized and belittled and made fun of. And it just was not going to be what they thought life would be. I mean, if you're honest with yourself right now in your life, Did you know it was going to be like this? (laughs) Did you know your life was going to be like this? Some of you on a a daily basis deal with strife and pain and hurt. And some of you on a daily basis wonder, are we even going to be able to have a Christmas? And Christmas, sometimes we get caught up in the the worldly facade of i got to buy this and get this and this and that. When Jesus specifically wants us to know, you don't need any of that stuff, I'm going to give you everything that you need, not always everything you want, and God would give Mary and Joseph everything that they needed. I mean, not a lavish lifestyle whatsoever. You would think with the King of Kings, the Savior of the world in her womb, that they would live the high life, but yet they were poor and lowly. And scum of the earth, to be honest with you. And they had to flee for their lives. Couldn't even find an appropriate place for the king of kings, the Messiah, to be born. And they lay him in a feeding trough where animals eat. But doesn't that say something about the humility of the God we serve? That humility is not a weakness. It's a strength. It's a virtue. And it's a gift that God gives us. And so when Melissa and Carl were lighting this candle of hope today, there's only one hope, and that hope has a name, and it's Jesus Christ. And hope sometimes comes to us in the tiniest, minuscule of ways. But the fact is, we do have hope. Maybe it's a glimmer, but we do have hope at all times. The world can offer you no hope. The world can't offer you love or joy. Or peace. it can't offer you any of those things. Because those are godly concepts. So they come from Scripture. Only God can offer those things. And you have them. And God has given to you. We read about it when Paul's speaking to the, the Galatian church. He, he says, these are the fruits of the Spirit. And remember, the Spirit is not an it. The Spirit is a real person. The Spirit is part of the Trinitarian Lord that we serve. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he says... You will have these gifts, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are gifts of the Spirit, not of the world. And so when this gift is given to Mary, she all at once possesses all of those gifts. And Joseph, the carpenter, the earthly father of Jesus, what's his role in all of this? I mean, if you've ever seen a manger scene, most of the time we place Joseph kind of just over away from the baby. It's like he's observing Mary and the child, and he's respectful of Mary and the child because this is their time. He wants them to bond. And moms, don't you know how important that is, right? Moms and grandmoms, you know how important it is for you to have that time to bond with the child. There's nothing like the bond between a mother and a child. Now, dads, we play a huge role as well. But our role is to be humble, to be caregivers, to be strong, and make sure our family is safe and protected no matter what comes against us. And that's exactly what Joseph did. He made sure they were safe and they were protected. But isn't it interesting how when we see those manger scenes, and this is the first Sunday of Advent, so we'll start pulling the manger scenes out. We see Mary... When the child is finally born, how humble she is as she's kneeling down over that child and gazing in to the eyes of God, the Prince of Peace. It had to be a male craftsman to design it this way because a woman who's traveled 70, 90 miles, given birth naturally, by the way, she didn't have an epidural, thank you very much, (laughs) bending over like that, that ain't happening for a while. But you see, she made a decision. It's not about me. It's about him. And that's what mamas do. And that's what daddies do. We don't make it about us. We make it about them. But we don't forget that we need each other too, support each other. This could be the most magnificent Advent season, Christmas season you've ever had. If you'll let go and let God and let him breathe that breath of heaven into you anew. For Jesus to be born anew in your life for the first time. And that's what Advent's all about. Adventists is some of the things we're going to learn at our Advent study. And I would love to see you all there. Richard's like, I don't know if we can hold all these people. You've got a big old sunroom, Richard. And I know you did that specifically for Peggy, and thank you for doing that. And Reagan's following suit. He's going to build one for, he may not build it, but Lolly's going to have one before long too. We all know. So, I just want to say a few things. I'm not going to make the message overly long today because, you know, we've got a whole season where we'll be singing, Come, Thou Long Expected Jesus. We don't want to rush it, y'all. We don't want to rush through, dashing through the holidays. The the older we get, (laughs) doesn't it seem it just gets here faster and faster and faster? And then the younger you are, it seems like it takes forever. When's it going to be here? You know, I was thinking about these kids, how they've got it made. They just were out for Thanksgiving break, and in about two more weeks, they'll be out again for Christmas break. I don't remember having a break like that in school, but they get off almost a whole month off with just a little break, in, you know, two weeks in between of school. I just think that's interesting. So how do, we, how do we prepare the way of the Lord here at Misty Creek? Mary had no idea what was going to happen. Angel just showed up, told her, don't be afraid. You've found favor with God. You have found favor with God. So how do you prepare for the way of the Lord? We've been asking this question not just during Advent, but since we began as a home church in the living room of the Menifees. So these last several weeks, we've been anticipating acquiring this chapel and the surrounding campus, which you get the tour of back building today when, you, when we finish this service. And we celebrate what God has done. And what he will continue to do as he channels his Holy Spirit through this sacred place, the space that we call home now. You know, we've engaged in an extensive visioning process as a new church plant. We did that the very first year we existed. we're going to do that again January, February as a church. Our leadership team is going to go away just then, and we're going to come back, and we're going to have a, a visioning retreat together for a full day. We'll get that date to you soon. We want you all to be there because this is the family of God together, all of us. So a critical church, we've asked ourselves as we've been processing things as a new church plant, and we're still a new church plant, is we've asked, what does God desire? And I'm going to tell you what it is. I'm going to sum it up for you. I've read a bunch of books, and this is what God says out of, after all those books I've read about church planning. God desires that we prepare this community for a revival. Man, I have read a lot of books, and that's what I got. And it didn't even come from the books. None of that did. It came from God that we prepare this community for revival. But you want to know something? Ministry sometimes is messy. It's complicated. And then at times it's exhilarating. And then at times it's exhausting. Birth always is. And God has birthed something new here at Misty Creek. We got a lot of work to do, but we don't labor in vain, right? Right? I said that earlier in the scripture outside. Be ye therefore steadfast, immovable, always abiding, abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Here at Misty Creek, we don't say, I got to or I have to. We we say, I get to, I want to, I need to, I'm going to. That's what we say. If you hear anybody with that ho-hum attitude, remind them who they are and whose they are, and why we're here, and what God is doing. There's no room for negativity. I won't listen to it. Did you hear that? If it's helpful, if it's a growing edge, that's different. If there's a blind spot, that's different. We can present that to one another in what I like to call appreciative inquiry. I can say thank you for what you do, who you are, and what God has called you to do. But brother, sister, I see this in your life. I see this happening to you. And I want to share, with God's love, I want to share with you What could happen if you're not careful? You see how that changes things? You're not criticizing them and putting them down. You're wanting to guide them, help them, and nurture them. So in Advent, we anticipate the God who comes as a baby bridging heaven and earth. And right now, Reagan, doesn't it feel a lot like heaven here? Who had ever thought it? Yeah, and the bathrooms are still hard to get to, but it still feels a lot like heaven, doesn't it? Some of you are like, I've never even used the bathroom there because I've yet to find it. There you go. So, Stephen, the sooner you can get this going, man, I can get to the bathroom at home privately. So, we, the baby, he's born in a diverse and divided world. If he was born anew today, would he be born into a diverse and divided world? Yes, Yes. right? So, this coming Savior that we anticipate, Adventus, the Latin word for coming arrival, anticipation, this coming Savior proclaims that the world as it is is not the world as it should be. It's not. So, how do we prepare for the fullness of the kingdom? We stop seeking easy answers and start listening to the single mother living in poverty who proclaims My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. According to the promise he made to our ancestors to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary received the greatest gift humanity has ever known it was also one of the greatest responsibilities that a human being would ever bear. Christmas can become a time when we are concerned only about receiving. But giving is where we find the true meaning of the season. You see, we have the ability to see the needs that exist in our community. And God calls us to dash to others with a message of hope. This message that's Magnificat from Mary is a message of hope. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. I've got good news. I want to share that good news. And it's exhilarating news that I want to share with the world. And it's a message of hope that our community needs now more than ever. You see, Mary understood what it meant to give to others. Mary was a catalyst. you know what a catalyst is? An agent of change who understood what it meant to give to others. And we are catalysts. We are agents of change. We infuse a little more hope into this world. Every moment that we're alive and we provide affirmation and we assist someone. And it might be something very minuscule. It provides hope. So this scripture today, Mary's song, is a song. John Weston believed that it was a means of grace that Mary was experiencing, that work among the poor is a means of grace that serving is a means of grace that giving oneself away is a means of grace when we do acts that are beacons of hope God not we do the action Mary realized how much God had done for her she could not help but acknowledge God for these great things we're all on equal footing when it comes to the hope of salvation it's a gift a free gift that God offers us we need to receive it and we need to live according to his ways and follow his direction you know Mary places us in the same category of being in low estate she was in low estate and sometimes in our lives we can we can feel that we are in low estate just not a good status we just don't have much We're struggling. What's my purpose? Mary was in that point of her life. Mary understood God's concern for the lowly, the hungry, the disadvantaged, because she knew what it meant to be put in that category. And this was a turning point for Mary. By doing this ultimate act of service, she became the servant instead of the one others serve. This is the hope that we have One minute we need service, the next minute we serve. One of my specific tasks today is about helping our congregation to continue the spirit of service. We are a missional church. We don't want to forget that. That's who we are. I've never served a church, and I've served some pretty large churches, folks, with such a service emphasis There are a lot of big problems that lowly as we are, we cannot dare solve. But the message of the Magnificat is that we don't have to solve them all. We need only to follow our merciful and mighty God who comes among us in the tiniest, most imperceptible of ways, favoring the small, the weak, the lowly, and promising faithfulness from generation to generation. Everyone needs a week to remember what it means to be a servant and have a servant heart. What serving has meant in your life. And how will you, beginning right now, dash to comfort others during the season? How will you not make it about you and all the stuff you're going to buy and all the stuff you're going to give away to your family? How are you going to find those in need and dash to offer comfort and hope this scripture in luke is beautiful because it's mary's personal story unfolding right before our eyes and our congregation you saw the video just a few moments ago beautiful stories our congregation has beautiful stories just waiting to unfold we need to tell our story whenever you meet with people and gather with people i want you to tell the story God's story of Misty Creek Community Church in your way of telling it. You don't have to read something Doug wrote or I wrote. Your way of telling that story, how you've experienced it. Melissa and Carl did that unscripted right there from their hearts. You can do that too. When you build that rapport and that relationship with someone and tell them what God has done in your life and through the church you're a part of, it opens the way to share salvation with them. It opens the way to invite them to this community of faith, for them to come to church. I've got a challenge that's not in my script today. Most of this is not scripted anyway. I've got a challenge for you. I want you to invite someone and bring at least one person that has not been to Misty Creek during this Advent season. You've got four weeks to do it. That's a big challenge, isn't it? Well, I don't really know anybody. I mean, yeah, I know I've got, I've got 1,300 Facebook friends, but only three of those are really my friends. I just like to see how many friends are on there. You know what I'm saying? I don't communicate with all those people. I don't even know them. You know what I'm saying? But think about that. Who who could I invite this Christmas season for the Savior to be born anew in their lives? Think about how you can share your story and share it with friends and family this Christmas. My daughter, my wife just had to leave. She's going to a funeral today in South Carolina. Her best friend's father passed away a few weeks ago and they're having the service in, uh, in Greer or Gur, South Carolina. So She's making that drive. She's not, she's not aware that I'm going to say this. She may listen to it. Um, my daughter's got a, got a nice boyfriend. We like him. And she went to Macon, Georgia, where he lives. His uh, family's in the Chick-fil-A business. And they had Thanksgiving data with each other. And Melody FaceTimed me and she said, Dad, you know what they did before they ate? I said, prayer, prayer, prayed? She said, well, yeah, they did that. she said, they had a devotion about Thanksgiving and being thankful. And she said, it was powerful. It was, it was awesome. I thought, wow, what if we were to do that? This Christmas, to share stories of thanksgiving and what God has done in our lives and how He's revealed Himself to us, and not not rush to the tree and opening up the presents and all that, but to share what we're thankful for and how God has blessed us and how Christ has been born anew in our lives. How amazing would that be? What hope that would bring. You see, Mary delivered hope to all of us with the birth of Christ, This Advent season, we light these candles to remind us that hope, peace, love, and joy are to be shared in some way, every day, not just during Advent. When we serve others, we provide hope to the ones we serve and to us as servants. Let us become beacons of hope, peace, love, and joy as we dash to comfort others this season. Folks, that's that's really a different kind of Christmas, isn't it? I believe we've learned something over this pandemic, over this time of isolation that many of you have faced. We've learned that we don't need all the stuff. Even though Amazon is overwhelmed right now. (laughs) Reagan and Lolly's son, Parker, works for Amazon. My brother-in-law does, and this is overwhelming right now. We realize we don't need all that stuff. We need each other. And more than that, we need our Savior. We need to rely on Him first and foremost. So as we begin to unwrap Christmas, I want you to understand that this series that we're in, this whole time of Advent, is called An Unbreakable Christmas that because of Christ even in your brokenness you're made whole and you're made new. He says to you do not be afraid for you too have found favor with God. Let's pray. Lord, we are thankful as we await the coming of the Christ child anew into our hearts and into our lives. We are thankful for the hope and the love and the joy and peace that he brings. Lord, I know in this room and watching online, there are folks that during these holidays, it's a sad time. They feel broken. They feel separated. They have anxiety. Lord, I ask that right now, you would enter into their life. Breathe into them the breath of heaven. Come, thou long-expected Jesus, into their hearts and mend their brokenness and make them whole make them new create in them new hearts O God and renew a right spirit within each one of them set them afire with your Holy Spirit that they are no longer paralyzed by the things of the past Lord that you would take the grief that they have and bring joy out of that because we do not grieve as those who have no hope we do have hope And that hope came centuries ago in the form of the tiniest babies. We pray that we would be born again, born anew, just as the Christ child entered into this world, bringing new life and hope to all of humanity. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen.